A foaming at the mouth Karen thinks that I am just a stupid mall cop. When I tell her to stop, she keeps acting like I'm just security. But then I reveal that I am a real police officer. And that changes everything. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. No lady, I am not a mall cop. I am an actual cop. In a former life, a few years ago now, I was a police officer here in good old England. I moved from a team dealing with action-packed 999 calls, speeding around in old Ford Focuses, and dealing with interesting things to working in a team that supported a large shopping complex. Shoplifting, antisocial behavior, real hard-hitting stuff. The uniform was a white shirt, black tie, and if I was out and about, a stab vest over the top, with one of the big pointy hats too. If I was on break though, I just put on my normal jacket to cover my shoulder numbers. This was mainly for personal security, so to a casual observer, I was just a bloke in a white shirt with a black tie. Cue the moment. I just finished dealing with the paperwork from a shoplifting incident and had a hankering for a sandwich. I locked my vest and hat away but left my belt of tools. Can of spray, cuffs, and a metal stick. England again. I left all that on. I popped a plain black jacket over the top and ventured into the shopping complex in search of a footlong. Sandwich specified and acquired, I paid the well-known outlet and ambled to a seating area to mind my own business and chow down. Probably no less than five minutes later, I clock a woman. The usual type, attempting to buy a sandwich. Now, from her big arm gestures, I skillfully deduced that she wasn't happy. That's not a crime, so back to my sandwich I went. Until, of course, the voices became raised and a hand was slammed on the counter. I tucked the remnants of my sandwich in the bin and ambled over to see what the commotion was about. Now, working in the team I did, I was a known face in the center and I enjoy a really long sandwich, so the staff knew me and my job, so they relaxed a little, which really irritated the woman. I quickly realized they didn't have the filling that she wanted and she was refusing to take no for an answer. So I say, is everything all right here? The woman turns and eyes me over. Now I'm in my early 20s at the time, so she makes me for a security guard. Karen says, oh, F's sake, I don't need security. This little punk won't make me my effing sandwich. Okay, firstly, you need to stop swearing. Secondly, I'm a level up from security. She did not like this. Oh, bizzoof. I just want my sandwich. She ignores me and goes back to banging her hand on the desk and gesturing wildly at the teen behind the counter. You need to stop that. She rounds on me again. Oh, I said bizzoof. I know the management here, so bizzoof. Back to standing around outside of dinner hams or I'll get you sacked. I don't care. I am warning you that you need to stop swearing. It's a public order offense. Oh, what? I just want my Ethan sandwich and not some jumped up plastic policeman interfering. Ethan! Stop swearing. You're causing a scene and stop hitting that counter or you'll be arrested. Don't effing tell me what to do. You think you're Big Billy Blanks. Just a water big cop. You can't arrest me. Get your boss now, too. She was slamming her palms on the sneeze guard with each word. And I I think I'd been patient enough at that point, so I unzip my jacket to reveal that I am, in fact, an ununiformed police constable. Her eyes widen as she sees the cuffs on my belt. Nope. I'm arresting you under Section 5 of the Public Order Act. The arrest is necessary to prevent injury to others and damage to the property. You don't have anything to say, but it may harm your defense, etc, etc. Now, I had no intention of cuffing her. I was twice her size, so not necessary. Instead, I steered her. Spluttering.
shivering to a table and sat her down as I called for a car to pick us up. After another 30 minutes of her refusing to believe she'd done anything wrong, I eventually gave her a penalty notice to dispose of the matter. So her one sandwich swear fest ended up costing her 80 pounds instead. Am I the jerk? If the place you're trying to buy something says they don't have the thing that you want to buy, they probably just don't have the thing that you want to buy. Unless the person working at the place that you're trying to buy this from personally hates you for some reason, there's no reason why any business would tell you that they don't have something that they actually do have. They want to make the sale. Or at the very least, they want to be done with you and have a chance for getting a tip. But somehow that aspect of reality doesn't register in some people's minds when they're in a situation where they want something, they expect something, and then they don't get that thing at whatever business they're at. The OP also said later on that I think they asked her to wait whilst preparing something salady that had ran out, but no, she wanted it right now. I don't understand that mentality. I enjoyed the look on the staff's faces as she realized I wasn't a security guard though. So it sounds like they were even trying to provide her alternate solutions, but she didn't want to wait for them. And this reveal moment probably was a glorious moment to behold for everyone involved, except the Karen herself. So if you were the cop here, how would you have handled the situation? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Before we jump into the next one, if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Karen doesn't want to share a table with me at a busy coffee shop. So yesterday, Sunday, I decided to get up early and get myself organized. I'm a 23-year-old female. My partner, who's 26, a male, are in the middle of sorting out our flat and I needed to pick up some bits from Argos and the pet store for my cat. My partner was working. I live in a fairly large city in a retail park and stupidly didn't check the Sunday opening hours for the shops. So I got there at about 9.45 a.m. and most of the shops didn't open until 10.30 a.m. So I found a Costa and decided to have some breakfast and a drink until the shops actually opened. When I got there, the place was pretty dead. There was only me and two other people in there. The table layout was only in groups of four, so I sat myself down and just played on my phone for a bit. It turns out there's a little kids workshop that goes on every Sunday nearby, so whilst I was sitting there, it got busy very fast, so there was nowhere to sit down. I nearly finished my drink, but it was still only 10:15 a.m., and as it was freezing, I didn't fancy standing outside the shop until it opened. The queue was quite long at this point, with maybe 20 people or so in line. I noticed a lady, Karen, talking to her husband and looking at me. She was maybe 15th in line. They had a little kid with them, maybe five or six years old. Karen made a beeline for my table with a little kid in tow. Um, excuse me, do you mind moving so we can sit down? You guys are more than welcome to sit with me. I'm just waiting for Argos to open in 10 minutes and then I'll be off. No, you need to move. We want this table to ourselves. You're finished with your drink, so it's unfair of you to hog the table. I'm leaving in literally 10 minutes. I don't want to wait outside in the freezing cold. You're more than welcome to share with me until then. By the time your husband's ordered and got your drinks, I'll have left anyway. Karen, now raising her voice, says, No! You need to move now! I have a kid that needs to sit down and you're being selfish! Her screeching had alerted one of the baristas who came over and asked if everything was okay. She has finished her drink and won't move! So we can sit down. Tell her to leave! I took a pointed sip of my coffee at this point to emphasize that I wasn't actually done yet. The barista says, Miss, she still is drinking her drink and she is a paying customer as well. She has a right to sit here. She looks at me and then says, do you mind sharing your table? I went to say that I'd already offered, but Karen cut me off and said, I don't want to share an effing table with our shitty slave. 
This is a family establishment. I suggest you stop swearing and shouting and either share a table with someone or leave. Fine, I'll leave and I'll tell everyone not to come here. She storms off, grabbing her husband. The barista rolled his eyes at me and went back to the counter. A minute later, a young mother came over and asked if her kid could sit down with me while she ordered drinks. I said yes. I spent five minutes playing with the kid and by the time the young mother came back, I was packing up my bits to go and they got a nice table to themselves just by being nice. So, am I the jerk? Steal from my granddad? You lose benefit money. This is a family style revenge, so get ready. My granddad had lived down the road from us since before I could remember. He would always play with me and my sister when my mom had to work and I thought of him as my second father. He kept a really expensive platinum necklace on as a keepsake for my grandmother as he always told me stories about her and the wars he served. Some backstory now on my aunt's family. They were basically people who refused to work and were actually proud of scamming the government to pay for their lifestyle through benefits. They would falsely claim mental disability and being obese as justification to not work. At the time, getting as much as my mom would get at her full-time job. My cousin had literally texted me at the time that he doesn't want to work and play on his Xbox. This B, you are a grown 26-year-old man. Act it. They never visited my granddad and for good reason. He was physically disgusted with a lot of them. So here's where the story starts. My granddad winds up in a hospital due to a heart attack. My mom, my sister, and me show up to care for him. After three days, and when the doctors explain that he hasn't got much time left and to say our goodbyes, my evil aunt rocks up with her family, so much for being so ill that you can't drive to get a job, and they ask how much time he has left. Us, wanting to be civil, told them and led them in to talk to him. He then passes away after another day, and we get together to decide how he would want his funeral. Since my grand was buried in Cornwall, we decided to hold the ceremony there so that they can be buried together. Cornwall was about 300 miles away, but we thought it would be worth it, and I still lay down flowers every year. My evil aunt and her family not only don't want to go down to Cornwall, but they refuse to chip in even 50p down for anything. So they decide to stay up and watch his house. I know, red flags, but we were mourning, so we didn't think it through. The funeral was beautiful. Heartfelt eulogies that brought beautiful memory after beautiful memory, and all was well. Except that they had dug the wrong plot and decided to tell us during. Maybe this was one of granddad's ways of making us laugh up there. So everything was fine until we got home and it was empty. Anything of value was gone and the only thing left behind were some paintings from my grandma. She was a really good artist and me liking art as well decided to keep them. We were pissed. We went to my evil aunt's house and they denied everything. We had nothing on her at the time so we decided to file a police report and leave it at that. Until three weeks later when we came around to visit and see how everyone was coping. My mom had noticed some new expensive things. A new TV, a new PlayStation, the works. And she began to suspect something as well as me and my sister until evil cousin comes in and he is wearing my granddad's platinum necklace. I asked him where he got it from and he told me he bought it with some money that he got from selling herb. Yes, he sold herb as well, but I know that's my granddad's necklace. We get in the car and all of us are seething. They are no longer family. We needed revenge. The revenge time. Now I mentioned before that they had been falsifying their medical records so that they received benefits from the government. Every time we would go over, we would sneakily take photos of everything that they had just bought, as well as my evil cousin's stash of herb and my uncle's collection of stolen goods. Forgot to mention, he would steal big items off of vans and then sell them online for an extra profit. We collected every text message of them bragging about their many 
fancy holidays and them refusing to want to work, compiled a case report and anonymously sent it to the claimant investigators and let them do their jobs. A month later, I hear from one of my other cousins, a nice girl training to become a nurse, and I really admire that she didn't take the path of her family, that my evil aunt and uncle got their benefits taken from them and had criminal charges and had to pay restitution to the businesses they stole from and my evil cousin got arrested for dealing herb. They are now financially destroyed. I think the last time I talked to them was them asking me for money since I come from a well-off family. They thought that I could convince my mom. She doesn't want to speak to them and I told them to piss off. A lot of you are wondering if I ever got the necklace back. Unfortunately, my evil cousin decided to pawn the necklace for money to cover his losses and I didn't find that out until half a year later. By then, it had been sold. I got some of the stuff my granddad had, some vintage records, some army paraphernalia, a few bits of jewelry, but all the stuff that was personal was long gone. I never talked to them again. So, am I the jerk for getting my revenge and utterly destroying all of their benefits that they were getting from the government? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I actually just saw a news story about a woman in Michigan who won the lottery for a million dollars, ended up taking the lump sum of $700,000 on that, but then was caught still using food stamps. If you're not aware what food stamps are, they're basically a form of government benefits for people that can't afford to buy food normally. The government will give them these food stamps in the form of a card usually that has a balance on it so you can just buy your groceries with them. So in some of the interviews, this woman who won the lottery for a million dollars basically said, once she was caught still using food stamps was that I thought they would cut me off but since they didn't I thought maybe it was okay because I'm not working. She also said it's hard. I am struggling. I feel that it's okay because I mean I have no income and I have bills to pay. I have two houses. And in the story we just saw obviously this family didn't win a million dollars in the lottery but in their own way at least from the OP's perspective they were trying to take advantage of government benefits. I'm assuming part of the stipulation for getting the benefits in their case is to make an earnest effort to try and find work But when the OP gathers this treasure trove of information saying that they're not going to do that, that's probably at least partially part of the reason why they cut them off from their benefits. It might be considered some sort of benefit fraud. The sad part here is that this family didn't seem to have any emotional value to any of the things they stole from the grandfather's house. They just strictly wanted it because they wanted the money. When on the flip side, obviously the OP here cares a lot about that necklace that his grandfather had and now he'll never have a chance to get it. I'm not sure exactly why he wouldn't confront the cousin right 
right then and there on the spot. The only possible reason I can really attribute to this is the fact that he was trying to build a case against them and he didn't want to rock the boat in the meantime and get their guard up for some reason. Let me know how you would handle this. If somebody you really cared about in your life died, you went to their funeral and then you came back to their house and everything was just gone. Like in this situation, what would you do? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for leaving a fake positive pregnancy test in the bedroom to catch my husband's mom snooping? My mother-in-law moved in with us a month ago. I began noticing my stuff in the bedroom being touched, furniture rearranged, stuff moved, etc. I felt like I was going crazy because my husband is the only one who has access to the bedroom and he doesn't usually touch nor come near my things. I figured it must be his mom walking in and snooping on my personal things. I told my husband and he said his mom would never. I had a huge hunch but couldn't install a camera in the bedroom to catch her in the act. So I got me one of those fake positive pregnancy tests and threw it in the bedroom's trash can. Note the trash can was placed in the corner near the closet. Literally the next day after I got to work, I got tons of calls and texts from my in-laws congratulating me for my pregnancy. My husband came over to my workplace and was all worked up about it asking since when was it that I got pregnant and why didn't I tell him? I asked how he found out and he said that his mom found the positive test in the trash can in the bedroom. I asked if his answer just confirmed that she's been snooping in the bedroom all along. He had a realization moment but demanded that we stick to the bigger issue. I said there was no bigger issue because the positive test was fake and this whole thing was done to expose my mother-in-law's snooping. He was not convinced. He had me take an actual test right in front of him and he was livid asking how could I lie about such a thing and break his mom's heart since I know very well that she longs for kids. I got a lot of crap because of this from him, his mom and his family and now they're calling me a liar and a manipulator. So am I the jerk? Well the mother-in-law shouldn't have gone into her room and started looking in her trash. I think that's the point that the husband is missing here and also the fact that even if it was true she would steal the thunder from the original poster here and tell everyone about the pregnancy before she had a chance to tell everyone herself. Making that decision alone if this was all real would be pretty hurtful to the OP in the first place. But let me know how you guys see this situation. Jerk or not a jerk and why? Am I the jerk for not wanting to go to my sister's wedding because of my insomnia? I'm a 26 year old female and my sister Hannah is 29. She isn't speaking to me right now because I RSVP'd no to her wedding in January. My mom wants me to change my RSVP but honestly the wedding isn't going to be possible for me to attend based on how my sister is acting and I don't want to go anymore. Ever since I've hit puberty I've had really 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 bad insomnia. I usually go to bed around 6 a.m. 7 a.m. and wake up around 1 or 2 p.m. I've tried to change my sleep style and I just can't. It's like dealing with international jet lag. Hannah knows this but always forgets and tries to wake me up for family things whenever she visits home and I have to lock my bedroom door and really work to keep her out. When I got the invitation for Hannah's wedding I was super excited for her because she has always wanted a big wedding and it looks like she's gonna get it and that might not be what I want or would want but she does and that is exciting and I can acknowledge that. But then I saw the timeline and there's a wedding brunch at 10 a.m. The ceremony is at noon and then there's the after party. I asked Hannah if I could just come to the afternoon party since I will be sleeping at 10 a.m. and she got furious and started yelling over the phone about how since I'm her sister I need to be there for the ceremony. I laughed and told her there was no way I could be there on time because it would basically be like trying to get someone on a 9 to 5 work schedule to attend an event at 2 a.m. I probably shouldn't have laughed but it just felt so ridiculous. If she wanted me to be there for the whole thing she needed to plan for a time when I could actually attend. I work a full-time job as a freelancer just not normal hours because of my insomnia so it really bugs me when people act like my time is worth 
less than theirs. But now wedding preparations are happening at the house. The brunch is going to be here. My mom is really upset with me for not coming to the wedding. She wants me to apologize to Hannah and be one of her bridesmaids. Hannah isn't speaking to me at all, but she is speaking to our mom. So maybe that is what she also wants. But I just feel like she owes me the apology, not the other way around. But I might be wrong because this is the first big fancy wedding in our family and maybe I need to suck it up because it's a tradition to have a morning breakfast or something. So am I the jerk for not wanting to go to my sister's wedding because of my insomnia? It doesn't really seem like the OP wants to make it a priority to go to this wedding in the first place. Even if you couldn't sleep for 24 hours in order to go to your sister's wedding, I think a lot of people would probably choose to do that. And it is true about the fact that it's the equivalent of somebody working a 9 to 5 schedule to attend an event at 2 a.m. But most people would do that. Even though they work a 9 to 5, they would still go at 2 a.m. if that was their sister and they really wanted to be at their wedding. And then the OP said it really bugs me when people act like my time is worth less than theirs. This is probably the only time where that is actually justified because it's her wedding. It is her special time or special day. It's not the special day for the people in attendance of that wedding in the same way that it is for her sister. So at a glance, this seems like some jerkish behavior to me, but let me know how you guys see this down below. Jerk or not a jerk and why? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked to the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, also linked in the description. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.